0: I guess we should do this thing huh fuck yeah let's do this all right Back. we're doing this thing again this is episode nine and i think that we should go ahead and just start off with the occupational breakdown, occupational breakdown.
1: penis penis, penis.
0: beware just beware if it's just randomly just someone saying penis <laughs> you gotta put, no. some,
1: gotta put some reverb on that penis
0: always always reverb can i so, just uh, say really quick go ahead. Before, yeah.
1: you, before you break it down say it again yeah uh i love that you tagged me on that brokeback mountain post on instagram
0: <laughs> listen it's nothing more appropriate than that there's like lots of reasons like first of all we're gay for each other one second of all there is a history of us quoting that movie to each other
1: it's a very and we don't need movie. a third of
0: all that's all we need i love you dude i love you too all right break it that's down
1: a, it's a great movie too Really good movie. It's a good
0: movie. Uh, today we're talking about the time I worked at Cineplex Odeon Town and Country Theaters. What's <laughs> oh, funny about that?
1: <laughs> so many fucking movie theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the fun thing about this one is I actually worked at this movie theater twice, and I count them separately. Mm. This is the first time, and it is. I think it's safe to just say it's the less important of the two times I worked there. So the next time we talk about this will be a, a spectacular episode. Okay. Lots of fun stuff there. But this was the first time that I worked there. Uh, the year would have been 1995, summer of. Um, I worked there for, let's see, about six weeks, I would say, in that vicinity. And my wage earned there was five seventy five. I took a downturn from the last job.
1: What were you making at Ken's?
0: I think it was five seventy five or something in that vicinity. So I lost a dollar.
1: You said five seventy five twice. Well, okay,
0: uh, four seventy five is what I w- what I am making at Town and Country.
1: Okay, so five seventy five at Ken's, four seventy five at Town Correct. Country. Correct.
0: You know, and the truth is, in a minute, the the audience. Well, right now, in the future. The audience knows whether or not I <laughs> fucked up. So somewhere out there, someone's like, he, he said the right thing, Chris. Or they're like, oh, he fucked up and Chris called him on it.
1: When you, I promise you, when you look back, you're going to yeah. be like, oh.
0: <laughs> I'm not editing any of this out. This is all, the audience is going to enjoy this as much as we are. All right. I'm okay with being wrong. I, I make mistakes on this podcast pretty regularly. And some of them I cut out, and some of them I just leave right in there, just nestled right in. That one I'm leaving in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I, w- I was making four seventy five at Town and Country, not five seventy five, which is what I was wait- making at Ken's World of Video. I think okay. that that extra dollar was mostly due to the overnights.
1: All right, you win. I fucked up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, we're we're gonna go in the future. We're gonna know the right answer. All right, as will the audience uh this is is starting off great and uh yeah that that was your occupational breakdown
1: occupational breakdown
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna get better at those i think hopefully
1: yeah we'll have to spice it up a little bit somehow
0: i mean i i think it's kind of funny just to do what we do but I think it's inevitable that eventually we'll get better at it, and it'll be a matter of like getting bored with it and trying to make it more fun. Yeah. Right now, it's just fun to listen to me, you know, jangle through that motherfucker. (laughs) So, town and country. Um, you. Well, I know you're familiar with the mall. Mm -hmm. Were you familiar with the mall before? So, I guess it's it's fair to just you know give a little bit of a spoiler. We've we've touched on the fact that Chris and I met at a job. That job will show up, you know, in, in the vicinity of like episode 50 something, I think.
1: you got a little ways um,
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a while. It'll be next year. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the job that we met at, it was actually in this same mall in the future. <laughs> so this mall's got a lot of history for, for us, but certainly for me. I worked in this mall a couple times. But yeah, so you you were aware of town and country before getting the job that you got eventually there?
1: Yeah, I was. Um
0: Do you yeah. remember it back then when it when it had a movie theater and it was actually a mall?
1: Yes, I do. In yeah. the 90s. It's
0: not a, it wasn't a good mall. I never considered it a good mall. Like when I was growing up, Obviously, Woodfield was the gold standard, which is a mall in Schaumburg, Illinois, and it's, uh, we've, I think we've talked about it on a previous episode, and we'll talk about it on future episodes, because, spoiler alert, I fucking worked there, too. (laughs) But, but, (laughs) yeah, that, uh, Woodfield was, like, a big one. It was, when you think of, like, a big, like, shopping mall with lots of stores and floors and anchor stores and, you know, the whole thing. Um, although weirdly woodfield never had a real food court which i always found kind of strange because when you think of malls you think of a food court often and that for some reason woodfield just didn't have a food court it had random food establishments spread out but (laughs) no centralized food court i wonder if in the past it did like before our time
1: it's possible i'm not gonna
0: i'm not gonna do the research to find out that's Mm. just that's just gonna have to be a mystery did you ever Um,
1: eat at the a&w
0: I definitely ate at the A&W. Well, I had many a root beer float from that A&W.
1: <laughs> What'd you eat there?
0: Uh, Hot dogs. Okay. Like chili chili dogs. Hey, yeah. chili dogs, coming, making a, a guest appearance again on the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I welcome chili back. Dogs. Hey, welcome back, chili dogs. You know, uh, I also heard that Woodfield was a real good place for hunting slash. Have you heard that? <laughs> <laughs> Used to be for, real good for hunting slash, dude. Oh, boy.
0: You know, I could not... Explain that that's a quote from Commando, and let all the people who aren't Commando fans just think you're a scumbag. That's awesome, though. I, you know, as misogynistic as that phrase is, it tickles me. It's fucking hilarious. Come on, it's so gross, but it's really funny. Hunting slash. Like you're in there looking for the guitar player of Guns N' Roses. Like, where is this motherfucker? I saw the top hat go by in the background. He's got to be around here somewhere.
1: It's not what I was looking for. Nope.
0: Definitely talking about uh,
1: vaginas.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. Woodfield was the gold standard for malls, but it was a little far away. Closer to where we grew up was Randhurst, which I never worked at Randhurst, actually, come to think of it. That's weird.
1: I loved Randhurst.
0: Did you? So, you, you remember it in its heyday?
1: yeah we we went to Randhurst more than woodfield obviously because it was closer and yeah they actually had a food court so sometimes um they
0: did they got the board rock, boardwalk fries up in that bitch
1: oh don't you can't fuck with the boardwalk fries
0: dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i liked Randhurst. Randhurst was a little more of a like when you think of a mall like a hangout mall that's kind of Randhurst for me hell yeah
1: I and definitely m- music recyclery
0: yeah yeah, I, I fucked with that music recyclery. I think you know I, I think I have a story about that music recyclery, but it's not appropriate for telling on the podcast mm. because it paints somebody in a criminal light Understood. but but yeah, I'm familiar with that music recyclery. <laughs> um, yeah, I also bought my pager in that in in Randhurst oh back God. back in the day when, when before cell phones were a thing and people started to have pagers as like a normal accessory, I bought my and my girlfriend at the Times pager there.
1: At a kiosk,
0: yeah at a kiosk exactly a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, um yeah, I like that Randhurst there was a sun coast in that Randhurst that i I used to buy movie paraphernalia at yeah for sure but uh but this isn't about Randhurst, but yeah Randhurst is definitely uh the mall I kind of spent more time at during high school definitely you know what's weird I actually hunted slash at Randhurst
1: did you really yeah
0: I did I went sergeant at Randhurst. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, the word sarging wasn't a thing. Uh, For those of you out there who aren't familiar with the ridiculous seduction community, aka pickup artists, they call picking up chicks sarging, (laughs) which is
1: it's so cool. It's it's so it's
0: so it's just so awesome. There's nothing (laughs) cooler. (laughs) It's Um, a cool name, though. I like. It is. It's funny because it's so just doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. So I like. I think it's a funny way to describe. Like, going out in the world to meet girls, which I definitely went to Randhurst to do. Um, but yeah, not about Randhurst. Moving on, <laughs> the town and country was another mall in the area, a little further than Randhurst, a little closer than Woodfield, and it was a shitty mall. It was essentially like, think of like a, like a cross, but two of the sides are shorter, so like one, one line is long and one line is short. So you'd walk in the front door, and there'd be maybe five stores on either side, and then you'd get to a, a cross street there, like like a hallway, and if you went left or right, you could walk for a while, and there was like a, a bunch of stores, or left, and same thing, or if you went straight ahead, there was like maybe five more stores, and then the movie theater. So there wasn't much to that mall, but it did have an indoor aspect to it, so it wasn't like a strip mall, it was a mall, it just was very limited.
1: Right. And now, currently in the present, Town and Country is just a strip mall at this point. Yeah, they
0: essentially closed off. First, they so slowly, and this is over years, and we'll talk more about this in future episodes. But they would like they were closing stores and never reopening them. So, at a certain point, there was no actual open stores in there. You just walk through these empty, like the ghost town of a mall, to get to the movie theater. That's kind of more what it was like for. Is that what you remember?
1: Yeah, I I remembered. The Garibaldi's, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, fucking Garibaldi's.
1: And honestly, the only other real store I remember is Gamer's Paradise.
0: (laughs) You know Dan worked there, right? Yes, I do. As an assistant manager or a key holder or supervisor or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was also a uh, Swenson's ice cream store in there that was right next to Gamer's Paradise. And then there was also Just for Fun uh, Arcade.
1: Oh my god, yeah, I fucking remember that. You remember the arcade? And I remember the ice cream shop actually now that you men- mention it. Mhm. Huh.
0: Yeah, you know I, you know it's fucking awesome. So there's when we get to the job portion of this episode, you're going to be disappointed because I don't have a lot of memories from this period. I think yeah. because of how strong my memories from the next time I worked there are. But I do have one specific memory that just occurred to me <laughs> and it's pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh well let's get back to it Just remind me Swenson's Ice Cream When, when we start talking about the uh, the job And I'll I'll come back around I'll swing back around It's all right. It. All right. Alright So yeah I, I have memories of this mall From when I was in high school I actually remember there Like being I think I was waiting outside Like we were I was waiting for someone Because we were going to see a movie And a fight broke out And it was like Gangbanger dudes Beating the shit out And one guy had a fucking baseball bat And was like whacking <laughs> on another dude and so Where I was like, okay, get the bat? I think he pulled out of his trunk. <laughs> it was like, you know, people would go there and kind of cruise the parking lot, hang out. And it was all like high school kids and a little past high school kids. And, you know, unsavory types would come around because anywhere there were cute girls, you'd get unsavory types. And sometimes the unsavory types would get into fights with each other. <laughs> um, yeah, I have another memory. This one's a little more hazy. And this is from later. But I do associate it with Town and & Country, and it's definitely from around the period of time where I worked there, maybe a little bit before. But I have a memory of like me and Shane and some other people were driving, and we got into like a yelling match with another car full of dudes. And they were like, you know, pull over, pull over, like, we'll fucking, we'll, we'll fight kind of a thing. And we're like, yeah, let's fucking do it. And so we pulled into the parking lot of town and country because we just happened to be driving past there. Right. Got out of the car and Shane pulled out a fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, did you ever see the, the, the scene in Swingers where the fucking guy pulls out the gun outside when they're like leaving the club and they get into an altercation with some kind of pseudo, like, you know, toughs. He you was know, like I'm a
1: friend of Vince Vaughn, right? The yeah, like Vince it? Vaughn, yeah.
0: John Favreau and uh, this other guy, I think Patrick Van Horn is the name of the actor who played him. His name in the sh- in the movie was Sue, I believe. But they like get into an altercation outside of a, a a bar they're leaving and at some point the Sue character pulls a gun out from his fucking behind his, you know, waistband. <laughs> and of course the fucking dudes scatter, everybody runs and they get into an argument because why the fuck do you have a gun? Yes, I do. Um, So it was kind of like that, except for instead of why do you have a gun? I knew he had a gun. I just didn't think he was going to pull it out immediately. I kind of thought we were going to like see where it went.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did he carry it like regularly?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, regularly enough. So this is something that I, we've, I'm sure we've talked about, but it seems relevant to bring up now. There was a point where, we all carried weapons of some kind. And I mean, I had a gun at one point that I used to carry. So I, I don't know how it started exactly, but sometime during high school, I think it so I got into like the straight edge scene, like pretty heavy. And part of that was like a, a tough guy thing. And, you know, I had been bullied a bit in junior high and sort of wanted to take control of that that aspect we've talked about it in past episodes of like feeling like a, a bitch and not manly and being in situations where you wish you had done something different or you know blah 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 um and at some point i started to it started slow you know it was like brass knuckles and then knives and then eventually i got a hold of a gun and it was kind of normal i i mean where did we did you to carry shit? huh where did you get it Uh, The gun I had, I got from Shane. I actually traded Shane a ticket to Lollapalooza. (laughs) I think it was the... Was it a
1: three-day pass?
0: No, this is before. This is when, like... So Lollapalooza, the first two or three years... I mean, probably the first five years. But I remember... I think it was the second Lollapalooza. So it was just, like, a one-day concert. Um, And I had a ticket, and I didn't really want to go for some reason. I can't remember why. There was, like, some reason that I wasn't kind of... Eh, I'm not sure I want to go. So sort of thinking of dropping the ticket and then Shane, I don't know, he wanted to go and we were talking and he's like, I'll fucking trade you this, my gun for it. I was like, all right. So I fucking next thing I knew I had a gun. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, and, and I never, I never shot that fucking gun. No, you know what? I think I might've shot it like in the woods behind my house, but I never, you know, it wasn't like I was out there fucking blasting caps. I was a fucking white kid from the suburbs. Right. But I did carry it and I did pull it out a couple of times. In various circumstances Mm -mm. and it kept me out of fights more I mean it kept me out of fights basically so it was like okay I could either fight or I could pull a gun out and point it at you and then you can decide what happens next and the truth is at that time I was a hundred percent willing to blow someone the fuck away I just I didn't have didn't have a good outlook on life you know when I was 17 and I I don't know, like, I didn't, I wasn't looking to kill somebody, but I definitely was comfortable with the fact that if that happened, that was the way it was going to go. Yeah. Um, It's ridiculous to look at now, for sure, and it's really fucking weird because of everything that's happened with school shootings, and, you know, this is before Columbine, before any of that, and people knew that, like, we carried weapons, it was not a secret, you know? Yeah. For some reason, I just never. This is before red flags happened. If that if that happened now, I would definitely be in hot shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah. So I anyway. That's uh, another memory from this mall that I have. Just off the top of my head, just came to me. Uh, you're welcome, people out there who are <laughs> a little bit mentally unstable.
1: You're you know, be- it's you're f- better now.
0: Well, I'm definitely better now. It's funny because I when I've told people about that time in my life, and believe me, there's a lot more story there, and maybe we'll get into it at some point, and it does not paint me in a better fashion, but I had a bad couple of years, you know? I was not a happy person. I didn't like my life. I didn't like the world. I didn't like the people that I was interacting with, other than my few group of friends, you know? And I don't know. And also, I kind of like the idea of people, like, not fucking with me. And the more out there that sort of reputation got, the less likely that someone would fuck with me. Right. Now it still happened. You know, I still got into some fucking trouble, but definitely happened less because people are like, that guy might kill you. Like if you could get in a fight with him, he might kill you. <laughs> it's not like, oh, you guys will fucking fight and the teachers will pull you apart and I'll be into it. He might kill you. And for me that was a great kind of defense mechanism. But yeah, looking back it's fucking ridiculous. And mm. I'm I would say I'm embarrassed by it but the truth is I don't really feel embarrassed about anything from the past it just is what it is you know and honestly I wasn't the only one that was packing you know what I mean it it, it was not common but I knew other people who were carrying weapons in school so it didn't seem that crazy to me at the time it is fucking crazy but it didn't seem that it's crazy it's absolutely crazy, to me at the time. crazy dude yeah, yeah. it, it doesn't it's thinking back it's crazy at the time it didn't seem that crazy Which, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, Town and Country. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I went to the mall occasionally. I didn't like it as a mall, but I did have some experience there. And then moving back to the last episode, I quit Ken's World of Video knowing that I had a job at Town and Country because Dan, who we've talked about endlessly and will continue to, had gotten a job as the assistant manager at town and country. So he'd moved from Ridge as a supervisor, maybe to town and country as an assistant manager. And he got me the job. I don't remember any kind of like, there was no interview or anything like that. It was just like, Hey, will you hire my friend kind of a thing? And the manager there, whose name I think was Nikki. Um, I have almost no memories of her. I remember that she was around occasionally. She seemed perfectly nice but I don't have any kind of interaction type memories with her. I didn't work with her, or if I did, it was not memorable. Yeah. Um, and The truth is, I don't really remember working there during this period of time. <laughs> it's very strange. It's and I think this is weird. why I separate the two so severely. That, and because they're a couple years apart. But yeah, I worked there for six weeks. I don't remember a single fucking thing from that period of time. Um, yeah, it's, it's odd. But one thing I do remember, because we were reminded of it earlier when we talked about Swenson's Ice Cream, was Dan went to high school with this guy whose name I think was Jerry, but I'm not 100% that it was Let's his call name, him Jerry. Let's call him Jerry. And uh, he worked at that Swenson's. I think he might have been a manager at that Swenson's, but it was the type of place where you're the only employee working there, which is why you're a manager, because it's not big enough to have more than one employee. Mm-hmm. It's like if you went to a Hagen dazs in the mall... You know, that kind of like small establishment, one or two employees at the most. But Dan used to call not just Dan, <laughs> I think other people, but it was like a, a fun thing they used to do because you could see Swinson's from the box office of yeah. the theater. It was like across down the hallway, across the mall, but you could still see the person at Swinson's. So you could call Swinson's and we would prank call Swenson's. And I remember the one that really stands out to me, because we would call and ask, and it was specifically call this guy Jerry, because he was really gullible. And I'm going to be honest, I think there might have been a mental deficiency (laughs) there. I don't know if he was... a little less funny. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... He wasn't like... It wasn't like a situation where he was like legally anything. Yeah. But I think he was... You know how... When you think of people being stupid, and there's a difference between, like, someone who's stupid and someone who's clinically stupid, like, under a certain level of IQ, it starts to get into that, like, you're going to get public service now area, you know? I don't think he was in that public service area, but he was probably, like, a couple of points above that. He was a a dumb guy, is what I'm saying. So you could call him and you could keep him going for longer than is appropriate. A normal person would be like, fuck off and hang up on you. He would, like, act like he, it was a serious phone call. And I remember Dan at one point asked him if he had meat-flavored ice cream. <laughs> oh, my God. And I damn near pissed my pants. I laughed so hard at that. Just the idea of meat-flavored ice cream made me laugh so hard. And the guy's, like, seriously, like, no, stop calling. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> And, like, you could see him down the hallway getting frustrated at the phone. It was endlessly funny. I gotta be honest, that borders on bullying, doesn't it? It does.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. I mean, it, it totally speaks to your generation, though, like, prank calling. Yeah, you can't do that now. That's not a thing anymore, really. Yeah. But this was
0: during, like, you know, Jerky Boys was a thing. Do you remember that? No. Did you ever listen to the Jerky Boys? Oh, that's funny. right. So this is for our listeners over the age of 35, I guess. But (laughs) back in the day, there was these guys that would prank call and put out CDs of the prank calls. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. I remember remember? that shit. They had
0: characters, they'd like, characters they'd bring back for different calls and stuff. This was during that era. So, you know, you sort of had a, there was a kind of bar you're trying to meet. You know, I have lots of ridiculous prank call memories from my past, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that stopped being a thing sometime in the the late 90s, I think. Right. But yeah, meat-flavored ice cream. And they did not have meat-flavored ice cream, in case you were wondering. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, that was... Honestly, I don't remember anything else about working there. I, I probably did concession slash, you know, usher slash doorman. But every memory I have is from a future episode that we'll talk about next time. Or not next time but in the future and this um, is 95 right yeah this is 95
1: okay so i saw one movie actually oh my god i saw two movies there okay i, I saw the movie phenomenon
0: oh with john travolta
1: With john travolta
0: you saw that in the theater yeah was that, a, was that a date was that with your mom who'd you go to that with
1: i can't remember
0: that is a weird movie to see in the theater bro unless I, you're like a 57 year old woman
1: it may have been with my grandma, actually. Oh,
0: okay, all right.
1: Um, Phenomenon. And then When I, did that come out? I'm actually Googling it. as I was going to say,
0: I think that came out like 97, 96-ish. But yeah, if you're going to Google it, let's just, I'll, kill, I'll, I'll fill some time while you Google. I guess I could just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 1996.
0: 96, okay. So a year after I worked there, you went and saw Phenomenon. What Phenomenon? other movie do you remember seeing there?
1: I also saw Batman Forever.
0: Okay, I definitely worked there for Batman Forever. But Did it you really? Yeah, but it wasn't this time. It was the next time, because that would have been like 97 or 98. Okay. Um, yeah, I, fuck, remember, I remember Batman if, Forever. If, yeah, if you I remember it. working there. I remember it, that movie. Um, that was the one with uh, uh, Kiss but, Kiss from a Rose, right, by Seal was in yep. that. And also there was a Sunny Day Real Estate song on the fucking soundtrack, which was always crazy to me. Wow yeah but yeah i worked at the i worked at town country when you when you saw that there i don't know if i was there but i might have been getting a blow job in the protection booth <laughs> <laughs> you never know
1: <laughs> how how weird would it be though like us crossing paths like not that, that weird it, it's uh, not that weird but it's fucking weird it's to a think it's about a weird
0: it. yeah it's a weird fu- it's weird to imagine being like a fly on the wall watching that happen like watching you as a 14-year-old or however you you were younger than that, probably like 11 or 12.
1: I was probably 10 or 11.
0: Yeah, I think I was probably like 21 in that vicinity. So yeah, you're probably 10 or 11. Wow. Um, Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, We'll get in more too, because I did actually have a weird uh, reunion of sorts while working at that theater, but it was the next time around. It wasn't this time, so it's not appropriate. But I definitely ran into someone from my past that was disturbing. but yeah it's not that weird in fact it seems the way the universe tends to work it seems like potentially something that would happen you know Tammy and I have talked about because we obviously we didn't meet until I was 23 and she was 21 but we grew up in the similar suburbs and we sort of we didn't go we weren't in the same scene but we sort of passed each other's scenes you know she had friends who who were into like the midwestern emo scene and she had a friend who liked braid back then. So she was like familiar with all that stuff and, you know, we'll get into it maybe in another episode, but there's some weird crossover. Like she has friends that she has a really good friend from her past. That was the drummer of a band that opened for my band in high school, you know, that kind of thing. So like very possible she and I could have crossed paths um, before we met and, yeah, I don't think it's that weird. I Dude, I ran into a guy I went to high school with when I was living in, in the future of from this episode. When I was living in Newport Beach, California, which is nowhere fucking near Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was in line at a taco shop, just a like hole-in-the-wall fucking taco place. And the guy, a couple of people in front of me in line ordering, was a guy I went to high school with. Like, <laughs> just Did you randomly. talk to him? Yeah. Yeah, I was one of those like, holy shit, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Fucking...
0: Dude. Aaron ran into Tim Kinsella, the singer, of, you know, cap and jazz back in the day. He ran into him in Japan and in like a fucking hotel or something, you know, <laughs> that's like, what's fucking the, ridiculous. Yeah. Like why, how would you run into someone, you know, just randomly in Japan, you know, it's fucking weird. Yeah. So I feel like I will talk about it at some point maybe, but I, I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in God in any kind of theistic sense. Uh, I don't know if that's a fucking word. Theistic, the- theocratic. It sounds Theocracy. Good. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. I don't believe in like a dude up there looking down on everybody. Like that's yeah. a ridiculous thought to me. <clears throat> but I do sort of fall into a, there's something mysterious happening. There, There is something bigger than us, whether or not it's a scientific thing or a spiritual thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm never going to know the answer. or When I know the answer, it won't matter anymore. So it's not worth thinking too much about. But yeah, sometimes the universe does things that almost seem, it lends credence to the idea that it's all a simulation, you know? Like, like it, it, there's credence lended to, like, why would that happen with 8 billion people in the world or whatever? How, how would that happen? It's very strange. Um, but again, doesn't make me believe in God for whatever reason.
1: I'm, I'm even surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. Honestly, because from everything that we've talked about, and by the way, I'm still writing that email, so that's coming. Okay. But um, yeah, that's cool, dude.
0: Yeah, I, my views on this stuff are not as closed off as I've probably painted them. Yeah. I just tend to, you know what it comes down to always for me is the reason why I think of myself as an atheist is because if, if someone said, do you believe in God? I don't believe in God. It's not to say that I don't think it's possible. I just, it's not my default position, you know? But I don't know, (laughs) you know? So why would I pretend like I know? People who are like, yes, there is no God. That's just as ridiculous to me as the people who are like, yes, God has a big beard and gets mad if you masturbate. (laughs) They're they're the same to me, you know? Like, they're both like, you don't fucking know. But, yeah, I, I don't think too much about it. But I do think that it's weird. I I like to think of it as the universe doing things, because it's not. I'm not really ascribing it to a, an entity that has a motive.
1: I think entity isn't the right word. And yeah. like you, I don't know. But I believe in a force. Yeah. Do you think it has the- a motive? I'm give gonna have me- to
0: edit out all this fucking nah, dead gi- air.
1: <laughs> no. Give me. Um, give me a little bit more what do you mean
0: so the idea that like the kind of cliched Christian or Catholic God or or whatever has a it it wants you to do certain things don't masturbate don't you know have sex if you're not married do do this like it's there's rules right that's you're following rules yeah that's like motive like it's got it wants you to do this it doesn't want you to do that
1: why why wouldn't god want me to come
0: well does god care if you kill an innocent baby
1: innocent babies die
0: i know that's what i'm i'm saying like does does god care is it his is it his will is it his design obviously uh, if you're a Christian, you believe you shouldn't be killing babies, right? Just like random babies. So that's something that they're sort of, I I mean, for me, I don't believe in God. I also don't think you should kill babies. It's just a internal sense of right and wrong. (laughs) I don't know where it comes from necessarily. uh, But it says don't kill babies. And so I don't want to, (laughs) You, you know, like I don't want to, it's not like I want to, but I don't because someone said don't do that. I just don't want to. I think it's not the right thing to do. Right. But I don't think the universe gives a fuck. You know what I mean? I don't think the universe cares if anybody lives or dies. I don't think the universe cares if the fucking earth burns because we fucked it up with fossil fuels or whatever. I don't think that I don't think there's any kind of motive to it, which is again why I think I lean towards saying I'm an atheist and saying that I don't I don't believe there's a design to it other than something weird is going on right you know but I don't know what that weird thing is I can't explain it I'll never be able to explain it all I know is I'm not gonna kill babies
1: (laughs) you know know what I'm I'm one of those motherfuckers that thinks that there's things that we're supposed to be learning you know I if if Christy and I had a baby and something happened to the baby I feel like there there's some kind of learning in that yeah you know I guess I mean You know I, It seems like
0: the easiest way to deal with a tragedy like that Yeah But I mean At the same time Like What Like what Why would you need to learn something that badly
1: I don't know Yeah I don't, And no, I know neither. I know it sounds silly But maybe I don't know I mean there's, there's Where where the fuck do you go with that
0: Yeah I you, don't know There's nowhere You go to church I guess <laughs> I will not be meeting you there. (laughs) Yeah, I always find, you know, aside all this religious stuff, I find the... I like churches. I think churches, the physical buildings, are cool. I think they're interesting. I find this stuff fascinating. I am so severely creeped out by church, like, as a service, like, being there, being around that happening. I find it very disconcerting. And I, as a kid, I was forced to go to church semi-regularly for a period of time, you know, with my grandparents, and it wasn't like a gnarly church or anything, but A, it was boring as fuck, but the stuff that wasn't boring, that was sort of interesting, also gave me the fucking skeevies, like baptisms, and the wafers, and wine, and all that shit was like not for me. <laughs> I don't get it. Weirdly, the whole I've been watching the show Strange Angel lately, which is uh, about the guy, one of the, a, a guy who founded JPL back in the day in, in Pasadena, and he, he like helped push forward the whole like rocket propulsion kind of thing with with, uh, you know, kind of the beginnings of the spaceship program and everything. But there's this whole side plot about him getting into this kind of weird culty religion called Thelema. And there's, like, these scenes of them doing, like, rituals and stuff that, of course, like, half the time they devolve into orgies. And Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Oh. And uh, I'm, I'm not creeped out by those for some reason. <laughs> and I think it's just because <laughs> of the... Like, when you add sex into the equation, suddenly, like, my ears hype up. Like, ooh, what? What was that? Like, you know, I'm like, baptism creeps me out, unless there might be an orgy later, and then suddenly I'm like, well, maybe there's something here for me. (laughs) It's really transparent, is what I'm trying to say. That's fucking weird, dude. I know. But at the same time, even though, like, any of these kind of fucking silly cultish religions, there's things about some of them that appeal to me, but at the end of the day, they're all just fantasy and yeah. anybody who takes the shit real serious i'm just i can't i don't get it i just it's just not enough science for me to be invested you yeah. know but i've always said it like if god taps me on the shoulder one day and he's like hey bro i'm real <laughs> a the first thing i'll think is i need to go to a psychiatric hospital because like my brain i'm now schizophrenic or something happened to my brain i won't be like oh really that's god I mean, maybe I will, if I'm crazy, I will be suddenly crazy and I can't, I can't tell you what I'd be like, but if I'm still thinking rationally at that point, I won't be like, oh shit, everything I thought was wrong. I'll just be like, oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the same as if the devil tapped me on the shoulder and said like, ooh, start doing things in my name. I'd be like, uh, first thing I'm going to do is get in a straitjacket, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't, I can't imagine a world where Jesus speaks to me and I'm like, oh, I'm saved, you know? i just Damn. don't have faith in that way so i don't know how the fuck we got onto this topic but town and country man
1: mm. i was gonna say <laughs> i mean there's not a whole lot you remember but do we even go for the pp meter on this one
0: well i have this isn't necessarily about town and country but it is relevant and i think it's worth talking about um that's actually two two things here and one of them will involve a story that i think is pretty funny but we'll get to that in a minute um so as I said, I got this job because Dan was a manager there. and the way that I quit this job, because we haven't talked about that yet, is I decided to dare uh, dye my hair green. And <laughs> I've had different colors of hair. It's not something s- that strange, you know. back in the day, especially this is again, remember this is like the 90s. And so I decided I was going to dye. My- Green's my favorite color. no mystery. It's been my favorite color since I was a kid, still is to this day. And I'm like, I'm going to dye my fucking hair green. So I dyed my hair green and then I saw Dan like not long after that. And first of all, the shit did not look good. It looked like about a quarter inch of AstroTurf on top of my head. <laughs> it looked stupid, but do you, do you I, have pictures of that. Oh no, I do not. Oh, okay. I, I wish I did, but I do not. I don't have a lot of pictures of me throughout the years. I, I've never been big into like, Hey, let's take pictures. I'm like that's what my brain is for. (laughs) Now as I get older, I wish I had pictures because my brain's not working properly anymore. (laughs) But I digress. So I dyed my hair green, and then I saw Dan, and he made a very like off the cuff comment, something along the lines of, "Oh well, I wouldn't expect to get many hours with with that hair, right?" And something. So this is where things get weird because in his memory, he was saying it like a hearty har har. Kind of a, it wasn't like a super serious comment. It was just like, I don't know about that, dude. Right. But I took it like, oh, I'm not, you're not going to schedule me because I have fucking green hair. Like, what the, what does, what is this? Like, what world is this that we're living in where my hair color makes any fucking difference? So I just assumed I wasn't going to be on the schedule for the next week. So I went along my life. I was like, all right, I guess I'm done working there because fuck you. Right. (laughs) And, and then I found out through, I think Dan's girlfriend at the time I found out that I had been on the schedule and had no call no showed my shifts and that he was like trying to get in touch with me and again this is before cell phones so if you if I'm not home and you call me and I don't get the call and you know maybe I don't have an answering machine or whatever like this is not a world where you can just get a hold of people it's I I didn't get a call or if I got a call I missed it and suddenly I had no call no showed for a couple of shifts and again this is where it gets f- fuzzy because in my brain at the time i was like fuck you like that's (laughs) that's fucking stupid you know like you're gonna tell me i'm not getting hours and then put me on schedule and i don't it's not even necessarily he made the schedule you know i it's not even necessarily him that did it but i was sort of like oh okay I, i i'm not gonna get hours but now i had hours and i didn't show up for my shifts like whatever i'm not i'm not doing i'm not playing those those games it's kind of how I felt at the time yeah looking back with a little more ration rational thinking as an adult I think it's possible that I was embarrassed that I no call no showed and because of that was like I kind of I I took a step back from Dan you know like I was like I don't like I kind of you know it made me not feel comfortable right But at the time, I was like, "Ah, fuck you. I kind of had like a flippant attitude about it. Looking back, I think it was a little bit of that as well, where I was like, well, that fucking sucks, and now I feel like an asshole, and I'm stupid, and... I shaved my fucking green hair off anyway because the girl made fun of me for it out in the world so <laughs> it was like i saw a girl i saw like a group of we were driving to a show in chicago and there was a group of girls like in a car next to us and they're all like kind of looking at like at us and pointing and kind of and for a minute i was like "Ooh, look these girls are checking us out and then it became very clear that they were like pointing at my hair and laughing and talking about it oh so, fuck
1: dude yeah so you shaved that shit.
0: So I, Yeah, I shaved my fucking... I shaved my hair off, and I still didn't go back to town and country or call Dan. Because I, I definitely had like a fuck me, well, fuck you kind of attitude. Right. Um, also, at this time, I was trying really hard to get a band going. Um, me and Aaron were writing songs. We had probably four or five songs written. And we were trying out drummers, like basically going down the line. We are going to be a power trio, so one guitar player one bass player, a drummer, and then me and Aaron were going to share vocal duties. And so we were writing songs without a drummer in 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 anticipation of finding a drummer. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we were trying drummers. So I was spending a lot of time doing that. So it wasn't like I excised Dan out of my day and then suddenly I had all this free time. I was sort of occupied anyway in this thing. I was trying really hard to start a band. And part of it was... Uh, my girlfriend at the time, Jacqueline, was had decided to move to L.A. She wanted to be an actress, and she was going to move to L.A. to do that. And I was in the midst of trying to get this band going, and I wanted to really give the band thing a go. You know, I hadn't been in a band really since high school, so I was trying to take one last stab at that, and the songs that I was writing with Aaron I really, really liked. I still actually remember some of the riffs, weirdly enough, but... Mm. So I was putting a lot of effort into that. And that's kind of why I think it was easy to sort of m- move away from Dan a bit. Weirdly, that turned into months. <laughs> and I, I didn't talk to Dan for about six months. Like, Did at you all. call
1: this the hiatus?
0: Yeah, this is what we referred to as the hiatus, me okay. and Dan. So we basically, I took a hiatus from him. He, you know, I mean, he was a willing participant. He didn't. I think he probably, like, reached out a bit, called me, maybe drove by the apartment a couple times, and I was like, well, if you want to call me, call me. He's not, like, you know, <laughs> he's not a fucking jilted ex-lover or anything. He's got his own life. And so he's like, all right, well, if that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. But, yeah, we refer to this as the hiatus, which <laughs> I think is kind of funny to have a nickname for this period. I think it, it takes some of the sting out of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, how how we got talking again, I'll talk about a little a, a little bit in a minute but back to the drummer thing so this is this is the beginning of my kind of I don't like playing with people I don't know right so you get when you're trying to start a band there's sort of a couple ways to go about it and the obvious easy way is you have friends who also play instruments and you just start a band together The less easy way, but it's probably more common, is the try to meet random people who play the instruments you're looking for and hope there's chemistry. Uh, That can take form of a flyer at a music store or, you know, whatever, an ad in the fucking back of a music magazine, you know, shit like that. We, at this point, were pretty, like, open. We played with, actually, weirdly, we played with the you remember the, the band was, I was talking about last time uncle Wiggly's all Mayor review and rock and roll band that i was in mm-hmm. the drummer of that band we played with him once and it re- went really well i was like oh fuck this is it because he's a really good drummer yeah. aside of uncle Wiggly's and any of that uh he was a very competent drummer he had kind of a jazz background he was he was a good player did he do and, anything huh
1: did he do anything like did he play with any bands or anything notable
0: no, he he's one of those guys who played, he was, he took jazz band in high school and was in like cover bands and shit, and then he decided he wanted to be a whatever, I don't know what, but you know, an engineer, a doctor, a podiatrist, I don't know what, but he like, we played with him and it was like, oh, that was awesome, we should we should do this, it should be a band, and he's like, yeah, that's cool, except for I am going to um, college, like I'm going to graduate school. <laughs> so it'll be a band for a couple of months and then we'll move on i was like well yeah that's not what we're doing so that went out the window uh and then we also played with this other guy who we knew through mutual friends and it was the same kind of thing we played we had one like session where we played some stuff and it was really it went really well and then he's like yeah but i'm going to college at the end of the summer i was like okay well that's not gonna happen one thing i remember that's kind of funny about playing is we were playing together with him And then all of a sudden, like, his cousin and his cousin's friend were shuffled into the room by his mom. And they were, at the time, were, like, 18 years old. And the younger girl of the two was probably, like, 13. And then the other girl was, like, 15. And they came in and, like, watched us play. And it was, like, one of those stupid, like, oh, goody, goody, like, clapping. They were so excited, like, that's so cool. You guys are so good. And I remember thinking, like, what the fuck? <laughs> who the <laughs> fuck are these people? <laughs> I was like, we're we're playing a show all of a sudden, like right. our first time playing together. It was very weird, but I remember it uh, awkward. Then, and this is the this is the one for the ages. This is the one that broke me. This is the one that ruined me. So I went to night school to finish high school, which I talked about before. And at night school, there was a guy there who was kind of grungy looking he had like longish hair and he had like self done tattoos like he looked like he was teaching himself how to tattoo on his legs that kind of thing which it turned out he was he was like wanted to be a tattoo artist and was practicing on himself um, but he used to wear shirts that were in the realm of what what I liked and I remember him wearing a Green Day Kerplunk shirt which you know if you're if you know Green Day you know Green Day from probably Dookie and after so if you're wearing a Plunk shirt in 1995, I'm already a little more interested in what you've got to say. Yeah. Um, I think he was like into like operation Ivy and shit like that. You know, he liked some, some cool music, not exactly what we were into, but most people back then were not because what we were into was such a small kind of sliver of a scene, you know, it's like, unless you live in DC, it's going to be hard to find someone who's listening to what you listen to. So, uh, I found out he was a drummer. You know, we got to chatting at school, and he was a drummer. And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, we're looking for a drummer, kind of thing. And so there was kind of this sheepishly set up, like, "We're gonna, we're gonna jam," kind of a thing. And so we met him. It was me and Aaron. We met him at his house, and it was actually not too far from Randhurst. It was like right on the you know, across the street from Randhurst, where he lived in the neighborhood over there. Geography, and, the podcast. Huh? Geography, of the podcast. Yes, and. This guy's name was Mike, I think. Which again, that's such a generic name that it could have been, you know, John or Bill. But I'm pretty sure it was Mike. We met him at his house. And we went down to his basement where his his drums were. We like loaded in our amplifiers and everything. And he got behind the drums and he had a decent drum set for sure. It was like a it was better than most drum sets of people our age at that time. So it's like, oh, okay, he's he he maybe can play. Then he put on drumming gloves. Oh. Like the you know without the fingertips. Oh no! Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, that's a red flag. <laughs> that's this is not going to go well." But I was like, you know, you never know. Maybe he just doesn't like blisters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, like I'm trying not to be too judgy. Wudgy was a bear, <laughs> and uh, he puts the drumming gloves on, and and we were like, "Okay, what what do we do?" And Aaron's like, "Well, let's start." Let's teach him one of the songs we wrote, right? So we start off, and here's where I blame myself a little bit because the song that we started with, um, it wasn't four four. It was a it was like a five four kind of a groove. I had to think about it there for a minute. I was like, in my head, I'm like, dun, I dun, saw that, dun, dun, yeah. Dun. <laughs> like playing the song <laughs> in my head. It's like, yeah, it was like a five four kind of a groove. It wasn't exactly like a Four on the floor beat that would be easy to pick up, but motherfucker has nice drums and drumming gloves. I'm like, eh, maybe he can get there. And honestly, I could sit down on the drum set and play a shitty beat that would work. So I'm like, if I could do it, this fucking dude has to be able to at least, at least play a beat that fits. And this is the same song that we started playing with the other guy that had the cousin and the cousin's friend come in and watch us, and he was fine. He handled it brilliantly. So I was like, yeah, this, this is what we're doing. So we started playing it. And, you know, we're kind of giving him like the we're as we're playing the riff, we're like doing the, the head bob, like nod, nod, nod now. nod, Yeah. Nod, <laughs> nod, 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 <laughs> now, like giving him the the go ahead to start playing any of the you know, this is where the riff starts. <laughs> and after like the third or fourth one of those, he start he comes in. He comes in slightly off and sucks. He sucks. It's so wrong and not right and wrong. <laughs> I was just like, and so we we played horribly, struggled through playing this riff another eight or nine times, hoping that he'd find the the groove. And it was like every time we started the riff over, he was like not sure where it was starting over. So he, it was bad, dude. And the gloves I started didn't f- help. Oh, the gloves didn't help, dude. They didn't help. <laughs> I started to feel really uncomfortable. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna have to stop playing this at some point and have a conversation. And I don't want to have that conversation, you know. And so, and me and Aaron are like looking at each other, and he's giving me the like, oh dude. And I'm like, and I'm giving the look of like, maybe. Come on, let's just, <laughs> let's, you don't know, no. And so. I was like we stopped playing and we talked a little bit about the the riff and the timing and i was like we let me let me i'm like if i sit down and kind of show you what i'm thinking just to give you an idea would that be like offensive i probably said as a 20 year old it didn't come out very it probably came out like let me just sit down for a second and show you like what i have in my mind bro but i sat down on the drums and i played like two times through with Aaron playing bass and showed him like here's where I would start. And it wasn't like I'm good, but I could play what I was hearing in my head more or less. Right. And then he's like, Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Sat down, we started playing again. Same fucking thing as before. Like just as off, just as bad, just as confused. He was trying to play four four and just make it fit. So he was like it was it was bad. It yeah. was really bad. And so we stopped and we're like, well, why don't we try something else? Like, let's start a little slower. That one's a little complicated. Let's start with something easier. And I was like, well, let's fucking play, uh, you know, Three Days by Jane's Addiction. Now, no. do you know Three Days by Jane's Addiction? You should, because it's a fucking great song. Are you not, You don't, Did you never have a Jane's Addiction moment? No. You know what sucks about you being 10 years younger than me? <laughs> what? You missed a lot of good music. And you'll probably. Well, yeah, but it's not like you're going to put on Jane's Addiction right now and be like, oh, I get this. You know, it's. I mean, maybe that would happen, but we've tried that already with Fugazi and with blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, there was some stuff on that Lugazi that I liked.
0: I believe you, but it's not like you were like, this song is the shit. You didn't, like, send me a fucking track, like, oh my God, this fucking song. You're like, yeah, there's some good stuff here. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. I'm not saying you're a fucking hack. I'm just saying you missed the moment where it was fresh and now you're listening to it after hearing all the things that that music influenced. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little like... You know what it reminds me of? L- going back and watching like early movies that are classics because they influenced so many things that came after, but the things that came after did it a little better because they, they had more... You know, it's like standing on the shoulders of giants. You know? Yeah. Like the first time I saw some of Woody Allen's movies now discounting all the personal stuff with Woody Allen and being a a weirdo and everything and potentially a someone bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you watch his early movies, you're going to be like, Oh shit. I've heard all these jokes before because everybody's reused his bits somewhere because they're all, he, he did a lot of really cool cutting edge shit. But when you watch it now, you're like, well, I've seen all this, but in high def, I feel like that's what you're going to get from a band like Jane's Addiction. You go back and you listen, you're like, okay, I see why people like this, but there's stuff that is recorded better that has that had the benefit of hearing this, hearing it work, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And at some point you should fucking listen to Jane's Addiction and maybe I'll make you a playlist. But even if I don't make you a playlist, listen to fucking Jane's Addiction. Have you ever heard Jane's Addiction? Sure. So you, you kind of know what you're getting to. Okay, so three days is a ballad. Um it starts off very slow and plotting and then it becomes like, you know, kinda epic. But the the first like two or three minutes of it are really very beautiful and haunting and weird and cool and four four, most importantly. And slow, most importantly. And me and Aaron could play it also most importantly so <laughs> yeah. we're like hey do you know this song and of course he knew the song so we were like let's play this so we started playing it and the riff is real 4-4 four, four. it's not confusing at all and at some point listening to it and you'll you'll, you'll laugh when, uh. when i tell you that he fucked this up too he couldn't play 4-4 four, four. it was like it was like if you took a record and played it and then like slowed it down a little and then let go and then slowed it down a little and then let go. <laughs> So it was, like, instead of, like, a constant, like, on the hi-hat, it would be, like, no, (laughs) it was fucked up. It was so bad. And, like I said, it it mentally scarred me. Here's what happened. And this also fucked me up. Here's what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened.
1: Let me have it.
0: We're still playing the fucking song.
1: Ugh.
0: And Aaron just stops playing and starts packing his shit up. <laughs> Doesn't even say anything to me. <laughs> are, are you, you still s- playing? I'm still playing. Is along he still with playing? This- yes. Me and the terrible drummer are still playing. We're playing three days now without a bass because the bass player is now putting his bass in his case. He's now locking the case. He's now walking his case up the stairs. He's coming back down. He's got his amp now packing oh he's taking the amp up the stairs too (laughs) and i'm like okay when i stop playing i'm going to have to explain to this guy where we're going and why and i don't know what to say i don't i don't i don't take any joy in making somebody feel bad i don't take any joy in like (sighs) despite the conversation about prank calling jerry at swinson's and asking for meat flavored ice cream i don't I don't like that feeling. I don't want to make someone feel shitty as a general rule. And also, I'm going to have to see this guy again, you know, because I'm not at this point. I'm not quite done with night school, so I'm going to see him again. And I yeah, I remember thinking like I'm just playing the fucking riff from three days, which is not hard. And I'm thinking, like, what am I gonna say? I'm like trying to come up with a fucking and how to explain why Aaron would just stop playing in the middle of. This... Aaron was like, I'm done with this. This is I. This is I've spent enough time on this.
1: <laughs> is that how it, he was?
0: No, it was so weirdly out of character, but also because of that, it was fucking awesome.
1: It, and. It, very funny. I'm sure you guys laughed. Dude,
0: off. it was so funny. But at the time, I was like, "What the fuck?" So, so what I happened. I stopped playing. I slowed down. I I stopped playing, and and I was like, "Oh, dude, you know what? We actually were supposed to meet our friend for lunch, and I, <laughs> I we lost track of time. I I fucked up. I'm so sorry. I fucked up. And of course, he knew that we were full of shit. He knew that I was lying. But I gave him the he could have made a choice. There's two choices there. He could be like, no you don't, you fucking asshole. You just think I suck. Or, you could go like, oh yeah, cool, no problem. Yeah, like, call me back if you want to keep ever play again. And he chose the more classy <laughs> route. That boy. He, it was, he, he made it easy on me. He believed my bullshit lie. Uh, we actually were meeting our friend Tori, who worked at uh, Camelot Music, I think it was, in Randhurst. The, like, CD's store over there. But... Okay. Yeah, we we didn't there wasn't a specific time we were supposed to meet her. It definitely wasn't right then. Um I don't even know if Aaron said goodbye to him. He might have gave him like a polite head nod, but he packed his shit up and got the fuck out of there and then I got my shit out as quick as I could and then we drove away laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> but it fucked me up because in my brain from then on, anytime I'm playing with someone I've never played with before that I don't have a Like friendship with, I know it can lead to that. And it makes me feel so uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) It's crippling. I've been in many situations, nowhere near as bad as that. But I mean, driving to fucking way the fuck southwest suburbs to play with this metal guitar player, and oh, he has a drummer friend the drummer's really good, but all this guy wants to do is play fucking, like, thrash. <laughs> and I'm just, like, looking to play, like, more, like, breakdowns and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. It was, that shit's rough, dude.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't... I haven't had a lot more moments like that because I've kept myself out of the line of fire. And it's definitely hurt me over the years. I, I should have been in bands I wasn't in because I was scared to be in a situation where I was going to have to hurt someone's feelings and the truth is it never occurred to me like the roles being reversed you know and I'm not I'm not that great like I'm I do what I do but in my in my mind no matter where I show up like if I showed up and someone was like yeah let's do a, let's play some fucking Steve Vai covers I'd be like yeah dude like that's not my bag at all (laughs) I'm not I don't shred you know if you want some kind of interesting like this and that but not not i'm not gonna shred for you i just don't have that in me it's not what i do i'm not good at it it's not a skill that i acquired it's not a skill that i really put that much import in um but i also wouldn't show up for a band tryout where the band where the flyer said for fans of steve vai and Ingve malmsteen you know even like a real thrash band, if someone's like, "Yeah, let's fucking do a band. I want it. To sound, let's sound like fucking old school Metallica and Megadeth." I'd be like, "Yeah, if you want a rhythm player, I could play any rhythm guitar part from Metallica and probably ninety-five percent of the rhythm parts from Megadeth. I can play about a tenth of the solos, like." Right. I could play all the easy parts of the solos and then a couple of the shreddier parts if they happen to fall right into my wheelhouse. Like I could play the fucking solo from Master of Puppets because I sat down and I learned it because I thought it was fucking cool. But if you were like, yeah, how long would it take you to learn Hangar 18? I'd be like, never. (laughs) (laughs) the amount of time and practice it would take me to be able to play that shit. I'm not willing to spend that time. I don't have that much life left. I'm 43. Fuck you. (laughs) So I would never put myself in a situation like that, but I am good enough to play basic four, four, you know? So I never thought like, Ooh, what if I'm the guy, but I'm always like, what if like the first time you and me play together, I didn't know for sure, you know, but I knew you well enough to know that if things got hairy, you and I had rapport and I could fucking, we could goof about it and have fun with it. It wouldn't be like a big deal. This guy didn't, I didn't have rapport with him. He was almost a stranger. We had like a very light acquaintanceship at school. So yeah, it fucked me up. And this might, this might be a, a very clear chink in my armor. In, in terms of me talking about, like, oh, I don't get embarrassed. I don't really... I'm not, I don't feel, like, shame. I talk openly about shit that's pretty ridiculous about myself. I don't... I'm not trying to make myself look cool in a general sense. It's just not that important to me. But... I do have this weird... Like, being in that kind of an uncomfortable situation scares me more than being in, like, a violent situation, you know? <laughs> I'd rather someone kick my ass. If you said... I'm going to have somebody just punch you in the face a couple of times, or I'm going to make you play with that drummer again. I'd probably choose punches in the face.
1: That's fucking weird, dude. I don't
0: know what it is, but it was, it scarred me. I think we've covered that, uh, that drummer enough. We've given him enough, enough airtime. Poor Mike. Like, so that brings me to the final portion of this job, which is to say we already know that I quit because I dyed my hair green and then the hiatus began but it also kind of coincided with me realizing the band thing just wasn't gonna work and Aaron decided because he was sort of on the fence if he gonna go back to college or is he going to take some time off and do the band thing with me and if we had found the right drummer he was willing to take the time off and be in a band because that's fun but he we didn't find the drummer and time was clicking away so he decided he was gonna go to call go back to college and because uh, he had already gone for a year at that point and i decided i was going to move to la with Jacqueline, um with like a month and a half to go before she was moving so wow i essentially had a month and a half to save up enough money where i wasn't going to be completely reliant on her um i ended up being pretty reliant anyway but we'll talk about that next episode actually probably two episodes because there's one more episode after this before LA. <laughs> and uh yeah. So before we get into the the next episode little teaser. Let's go ahead and hit the peepee the hit the peepee meter. Let's hit the peepee meter. It's time for the peepee meter. Peepee meter. Peepee meter. <laughs> <laughs> pee-pee meter.
1: I love piss.
0: Uh, piss.
1: <laughs> I love pee. <pee-pee. laughs>
0: i don't know what i'm gonna do with that <laughs> um yeah so this job since i don't remember it at all i don't know, like a fucking six
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't gotta, remember working you gotta here. go lower than a six oh, fucking four it's a four
0: it's, it's a, a four because they because they didn't want me to have green hair did want me wearing astroturf on my head while serving popcorn to shitheads
1: <laughs> or you just assume that they didn't want you there, to have green yeah. hair <laughs> it's,
0: it's unclear what happened exactly except for that i was quite immature in that moment uh i don't look back on that time with great pride but it is what it is it happened and it's got a fun name we call it the hiatus and as a little kind of bonus spoiler I don't remember the exact way the hiatus ended and it's not related at all to a job which is why it's okay for me to say it here and since you all know already that i'm going to move to la two jobs from now um at some point in about six months so in the vicinity of like december january end of 95 beginning of 96 i received a postcard from london england and it was signed and i had no idea who it was from and it didn't say anything other than a, a signature and in like a fucking picture from London. And I was like, what the fuck is this? But it was addressed to me at my address in fucking Newport Beach, California. And I found out weeks later because the hiatus ended and me and Dan started chatting again that he had been in London for like two nights or something. Something kind of like a weird work related trip. And he, he, it was like impromptu, like it was sort of like wasn't supposed to happen. Then suddenly he was going to London for a night and a day or something. And while he was there, he picked up a postcard and signed it and sent it to me. But because I'd never seen his fucking signature before, I had no idea what it looked like. It, It wasn't clearly Dan, you know? But yeah, it turned out it was his signature. So yeah, it was very weird. I felt, uh, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know anybody in London.
1: It's, it's a very weird it's very weird not to say anything
0: yeah i think part of i think he was fucking with me a little bit (laughs) that's
1: that's very dan it is very dan
0: and you know eventually we got to chatting again i think it was one of those things where you know eventually a phone call happened and some uh, an answer machine message and then we we chit chatted um yeah but I went through my journals trying to find out the exact moment and I I couldn't find it. I was very weird and cagey about what I did or didn't write. So suddenly I went from like not talking about Dan to saying, you know, oh, Dan, I called and left a message on Dan's machine. Like I hadn't mentioned him in the fucking journals for four (laughs) or five months and then suddenly I'm calling him. So something happened. Um, And I think it was probably related to like, grapevine stuff like we had you know we obviously still had mutual friends and yeah anyway the hiatus cool. ended and luckily he's a good guy and he doesn't hold stupid shit against me and he's been plenty of times where he was the bigger man and this is just one of those examples <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's the uh that's the end of town and country part one and even though we didn't talk about the job much we talked about other things for much longer than i anticipated <laughs>
1: <laughs> Holy
0: shit! Yeah. so on the next episode we're going to talk about uh, the time I worked at Fresh Fields Market <laughs> yep grocery store like a slightly higher end not quite not quite a Whole Foods not quite a Trader Joe's but a step above a Ralph's or a Vaughn's or a <laughs> Dominic's or a Jewel probably a little above an Albertson's not going to be the last grocery store I work at either, but it is the first grocery store I worked at so we'll talk about that next time and hopefully you enjoyed another fine episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris I was Lou
1: and I was still Chris Chris.
0: thanks for stopping by Occupational Breakdown Occupational Breakdown. That's weird what I just did right there. So, here's the thing about the thing. I, sometimes when I masturbate, I stroke real slow across the bottom, like like the shaft area, just up and down on the shaft. And then, right as I'm coming, I stop doing everything. Oh, hey. <laughs> nice to meet you.
1: How are you doing? Perfect.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>